Hello everybody, it's been a a while since uh, we've had a clean chat. It seems a lot of things have happened over the past month. Um, lockdown bringing <laughs> the joys forever. <laughs> and I think the pageant world is just a little bit down right now. And talking about mental health is not the most exciting thing in the world. Um, so we will bring back uh more interviews later on but for now we're just kind of taking a little bit of a break uh until until we interview some more amazing queens but the reason why I wanted to do a podcast episode today is because today marks the start of um sexual abuse awareness week um where people will be using the hashtag it's not okay and I wanted to discuss today um, about the links between abuse and mental health. Now, I will profess right now that I'm not an expert at all. However, this is from personal experience and just a little bit of research. Um, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but more or less just kind of tell my story as well. Well, I touched on it in a few episodes, um, but sometimes, sometimes you just use this podcast as therapy. <laughs> um, a trigger warning, of course, we are going to be talking about um, parts of mental health, like we'll be talking about depression, um, anxiety and uh, suicide as well so those are the main trigger points and of course abuse um specifically child abuse um so those would be like the main triggers um but yeah so it's important this week to really share our stories to share experiences and also to help others who may be feeling really down because especially when you've been a victim it's it's very hard sometimes to get yourself out of that victim mentality um because we always say you can choose to be a victim or survivor and I very much harp on about you know surviving a lot of different things um but for me especially this this whole time has made me think a lot of different things and I've had to deal with some past traumas to come up again and I don't know I think that (laughs) it's not making any sense here um but I think sometimes you will slip back into that victim mentality and there's nothing wrong with that and I'm going to tell you now that you know you are a victim like a tragedy has happened to you it's okay to acknowledge that it may not be as bad as something that happened to someone else however it still happened to you it's on your timeline it's a memory that you have to live with um and you know it randomly replays on like the darkest nights um so you are allowed to feel that way but it's how you heal and how you progress and how you move on um so let's get into a little bit so when doing a little bit of research um not too heavy, um, research into the after effects of child abuse, um, especially like sexual child abuse. Um, 
So what can come out of it is, not surprising, major depression, uh, panic disorders, uh, an alcohol dependence, attempted suicide, social anxiety, um, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, as well as other things as well. Sometimes, unfortunately, it can be the way that um, the abused becomes the abuser because that's all they know. It's a tragedy and unfortunately they do say you'll go one or two ways and with that it's the same with if you live in a house with alcohol dependency. You can go one or two ways. It's it's how you step up and change your timeline, change your destiny. Um so there's lots of things there that can be really extraordinary and all these things will affect your mental health especially like post-traumatic stress disorder and and depression and panic disorder anxiety those are loads of things because it can affect everything from you know making friends from making having relationships just stepping a little bit out of your comfort zone so I had I'm not going to say I had a little bit of a setback. So I have a major event in my life when I was younger was that I was sexually abused by my stepdad when I was 10. A series of events. It, lucky for me, because I, live in a, I lived in a big household, um, it never got to the point of rape. Um, and for me, for myself, I thank myself. I think my lucky stars every day that that never happened. Um, however, I eventually, after a few times, realised that what was happening was wrong. Because um, I was, you know, <laughs> 10 years old. Um, I didn't realise, like, I thought it was wrong. Like, but, you know, you don't, you don't know if that's just how people give affection or, or not. Um, so there basically there are hands where there shouldn't be, there are things under my feet, like there are a lot of things and I I eventually got the courage to say something and it, it just got swept under the rug, unfortunately. Um it became like the black cloud over the family, um, that it never got brought up unless it got brought up in arguments. And yeah, for me I've I've carried a lot of that trauma throughout my life um because for me it was the acknowledgement that it actually had happened that I wasn't just making it up in my head um you know to have this grown-ass 30 40 year old man to this 10 year old child like yeah she's just making it up that's how a lot of people can feel and this is also why a lot of people don't report their attacks until many years afterwards when they've gone for enough therapy and gone for enough um they feel very strong um that they can you know press charges um and for me i don't think it i don't think i could ever go through the court system because I, there's simply not enough evidence there now, it's just my word against his, and if I wasn't believed back then, what would change? But then, 
that's my mentality. That shouldn't be how everyone takes their attacks. Um, because, you know, for, for me, it wasn't as worse as what it could have been for other people. Um, and for me, it was just, yeah, <laughs> being believed. Um, and I still, I still have to see my abuser sometimes. Um, I saw him in the gym before lockdown. Um, when I joined a gym, and he started training there on the same day that I trained. And so I changed my day. I just didn't want to face it. It brought up a lot of old feelings. Um, more anger than everything. And that's the thing. If you haven't dealt with these traumas, this is what can help you affect you in later life. Um, I talked about attempted suicide as one of the things. And that was something that I went through when I was 11. I was being bullied at school. Um, I, yeah, I didn't have a voice, I started not going, trying not to go to school, uh, even though I was in the top sets and, you know, I really did enjoy my schoolwork, <laughs> unfortunately, um, but I, I um, walked up to the lake, so this is quite interesting because now, well not now because I don't live there anymore, but Whenever I used to need to think, I'd go out to this lake and just walk around and have a little think um, and look at the water and just, you know, try and collect my thoughts. Because um, sometimes when you're in your own house, when it's very negative, negative vibes, you want to get out there and kind of clear your head a little bit. Um, so, yeah, for me, I was going to walk into the lake uh, and try and drown myself. Um, that was what I was going to do, it was, I didn't go to school, um, went to walk that way, got very close, but in the end, I kind of just stepped away and said, you know what, no, um, like, I'm 10, <laughs> 10 years old, I have no idea what my life is going to have, um, but that was when... I decided to speak out, um, and that's why I have the tattoo on my hands that shows, of course, that I am a survivor and that my story is not over yet. And there's a million times where I've felt very down, but I've never felt that close to danger anymore. Um, I mean, because I try and be very optimistic and that I've gone through so much more stuff, um, that, yeah, <laughs> not much else I can say about that but I eventually found the courage to tell my story and even though back then um, I wasn't believed eventually I was believed and by me talking about my story more it helps others know that there is there is people that have gone through this. There are people who um, have had similar experiences to you, worse or not so bad. Like, there's still this horribly tainted <laughs> group um, that have been in your position. So it's really healthy to talk about these things. Some, You know, it's not a conversation you bring up at the dinner table sometimes. Um, <laughs> it's very not... It's not that conversation at all. Um 
but it's healthy to talk and for me the hardest part is having to talk to new potential partners about this I mean if they've found my my podcast um hi um <laughs> but so I smell my soul here but for me yeah so <laughs> it's hard to do that because then the it shifts you know, it goes from wanting to have sex consensually and, and being in that sort of vibe and that mood to, oh, I have to be careful with this person. She's very delicate. And um, I try and portray myself as not delicate at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm very much very feisty. I'm sometimes quite emotionless when it comes to things like this. Um, and I'd rather talk physically than talk about emotions when it comes to that I have to someone has to really break down my barriers to to get underneath to get to all the squishy stuff that is me um and boundaries are completely normal and walls I try as I said I I said that someone has to break down those walls but it's letting someone in um I try not to bring the past into things me as you know I've been abused before by partners um not had a great time with romance to be honest um but I try and be upfront as much as I can with potential partners and for me <laughs> it's just um yeah it's just having those boundaries set early so people you know exactly what you're getting yourself into and then if time progresses and those walls get built down put down and then more gets told and you know, eventually if you're going to tell someone you love them, you want to know everything about them. Um you know, so you know exactly what makes them them. But going on to like the side effects and the later the after effects of abuse. So my pregnancy was really bad, really awful. Um it took a massive toll on my body. When I went into labour I needed to be induced and when they do an inducement, they have to obviously put their hand right up here. Um, <laughs> that's not really like the the medical terminology, <laughs> but they have like this gel that they have to obviously insert up your cervix. Uh, and because even though I was in extreme pain, because my body naturally locks if it's not so to describe it, if it's not um like, in a sexual way, um, that, clearly, that I'm enjoying, that I've consented to, um, if it's, like, medical or not medical, and lucky I've not been in that position for a long time, um, my body will naturally lock down, so smear tests are an awful deal for me, however, I still do them, because they need to be done, um, and, obviously, this baby was coming out, (laughs) More ways than one. I, I would have preferred to have a planned C section, but you know, the midwives pushed for that. So they said, "No, be fine. You won't have that many, um, in internal exams." Um. So yeah, it'd be fine. I had so many internal exams, so many because the first one, the first um, induced didn't work so they were going to put me on gas and air for the next one and then my water is naturally broke at one o'clock in the morning however 
then came the ordeal. Um, I was fully dilated by 10, 11 a.m., about 10, 11 a.m. I hadn't eaten, of course, because it was very early. Um, fully dilated, but I kept going from 9 to 10, 9 to 10, 9 to 10. Um, and then that's where, of course, all the external exams, the pressure, um, a catheter was put in halfway. I eventually had to get an epidural, and that was the worst pain because I couldn't stay still. More, um, more exams. Um, I was so sick. I did actually scream. I thought I screamed for the pain to be over just to kill me because I just couldn't go through with it. And you see those think those programs and think that people can't be that dramatic. And if people went past mine, they probably think that I was being very dramatic. But you don't know what's happened. <laughs> and eventually, I had a C-section, uh, an emergency C-section. Penelope wasn't breathing. Um, but eventually, after a minute, she was. And it, it might have been really short than that. It felt a very long time for me. Um, but I have such PTSD from labour, um, and that all stemmed, of course, from the abuse as a child. Um, so, <laughs> that wasn't fun. So, if I ever do get the chance to have another child, if, um, I'm pretty happy with my one child, but if the occasion arises where I fall in love and marry someone and they want to have a child and I can give them that, then it'll be plan C section. There are so many after effects, but also it's it's the dealing with it from that way. I of course don't plan to <laughs> go and labor for a very long time. And if I did fall pregnant, it would be a plan C section. There'd be a lot more control. We've already gone through that experience to so now go, right, this is what happened and went wrong. Let's grow and learn from this. And when it comes to the recovery from that, there's you have to remember that it's a lifetime trauma. It's like you can be, I can talk about it now and not get emotional at all because I've dissociated myself from it. It's a trauma that I experienced and I can talk about because I want to raise awareness. However, I'm myself, I'm not opening that box because I'm not so sure what I will find. But that's where things like CBT therapy come in and um, lots of different things that can help you look at your past, look at your present. And um, I think CBT usually focuses on the present um, <clears throat> and goals going forward. But then there, of course, are um, therapy courses that will dive a bit more into the past um, to get to the root of the problem. Because, yeah, CBT is not the straight answer for some. Um, medication does work for others. But, yes, you have to be, you know, really careful with all these things. Um, your mental health journey is, is special to you. It's A lot of people respond in different ways. For me, exercise is one of the key things. And that's very hard right now in this lockdown. Um, but... To be honest, um, I think that for me, especially with this week, is just to raise more awareness by actually talking about these stories. And sometimes it's so heartbreaking to hear what's happened to your friends and what's happened to your family. 
but sometimes they just need you to be an ear to listen to they want to be validated you know that their experience was valid that they had experienced this and it becomes a lot when it comes to sexual abuse you know it's it's the blurry lines as people call it um no means no even if they said yes and they say no later consent is key can i say this all the time i and even if i'm joking about something i would still say put consent is key like because you may agree to something now but then you might change your mind later on you can never force someone to be in a position that they don't want to be because it takes away not only the enjoyment for that person um you know if you're agreeing to to meet up to engage in sexual activity of course not this pandemic but you know if that was what was on the cards and then you find that actually you're not really that attracted to that person that you know or there's not a very good vibe around it or you know you're just not really feeling that now you know you have every right to then say you know what I'm not feeling this so I'd rather we do something else or um I'd rather we just finish this now um and that person should respect you enough to say, okay, that's fine. But no, there are people that will call names, that will carry on anyways, and that's when the lines come into sexual attacks and rape and abuse. Um, so what you can do is just to look out for your friends as well and for family members and to see. If you've seen a change in someone... Um, if someone was really outgoing, they've gone a bit withdrawal. Yes, it, it can be mental health, um, depression, things like that, especially with this pandemic. But um, it could be there's something a lot closer to home happening right now. Because a lot of people who are being abused are sworn to secrecy. Um, but you need to let them know that you are a person they can trust. And that you are a voice of reasoning and a voice of a saviour as such, to to help this tragedy end. Um, so this podcast has been very much mixed of my story and some of the effects that it can have um, and some therapy bits. Um, I do strongly urge, if you are feeling really down in your mental health right now, especially if anything like this has happened to you, it's important to take that time out to realise and reflect. I like to reflect of how far I've come since since those days. And I think, yes, I was a victim. <clears throat> and, you know, it does affect, it still affects part of my life of, you know, the smear tests, of, of getting any sort of tests down there. Um, it makes me panicky. It really does. Um and my body, it's that's just my body's natural way of protecting me. Um, but I also had to think of all the stuff that I've achieved, not just in pageantry, just in life as well. The fact that I was able to, to give birth. Um, I mean, we tried so hard <laughs> for a natural birth. But 17 hours, it was, it was just not happening and she got trapped. So the best thing was C-section. By then, I was way past caring. I was so hungry, I hadn't eaten for... The, <laughs> no, yeah, whole day. Um, 
so yeah um <laughs> reflect on the achievements even if it's just the small achievements as well because sometimes you focus on the huge things but the achievement of getting up in the morning and making my bed achievement of being able to have a roof of my head and to have a full fridge um you know you have to appreciate the smaller things uh in life as well as the big achievements celebrate everything um because you don't know how long you have until it gets to a darker point where celebrating is the last thing you want to do um so yeah celebrate all the small things if you need to talk to someone there are lots of dedicated charities out there that can really help um i always recommend mind charity um samaritans are very good if you're um if you need to talk to someone if you are thinking about ending your life um and there are loads of specific specific there we go notice that word specific charities that deal with sexual abuse um, if you have been a victim of sexual abuse and you would like to report, just so you know that there's a lot of people behind you and support you, make sure you have a really good support network around you, even just one or two people, because those people will be the ones that will really help you with your energy throughout the testing times, because these things can take a couple of years, um, which is really hard, and sometimes it, it does be where they get questioned, um, with mine, um, it did get filed. Um, I had a, an interview with the police 15 years later. Um, they came to my work. It was very surreal, very odd. Um, because of a call from my parent. And, yeah, I went through all the stuff that I remembered, all the stuff that I know. And they said, do you want to press further? I said, I need to think about it right now. I'm not really in this right headspace. And they said, well, it will always go on file for a certain amount of time um in case obviously anyone else reports it and there probably were others um i'm not too sure you never know and that sometimes by you speaking up it does help future people not to suffer with what you suffered but it is something that is personal and if it's the journey that you're strong enough to take then you can but honestly I really hope and pray and wish you all the best in life. And I hope that, you know, not taking on that victim, we are survivors. And whether you're battling the everyday life or just battling your brain every day, um, to wake up another day is a blessing. Um, whether you want to make that religious or not, that is not my point of call, but it is a blessing that you've been given uh, another day to, you know, even if it's just to sit down and watch TV for the whole day, um, you know, you're breathing, you're alive, um, that's amazing, so remember, if you are feeling really down your mental health, then please check out some sites, talk to someone, um, if you have a story to share, share it, because it feels so liberating to share your story, and especially in this sexual abuse um, awareness week, the hashtag is not okay. We need to make sure that people know that it's wrong to carry on even though the word no has been said when people are being harassed or people are simply not giving in to these and people still carry on and on and on. Um, I actually discovered some messages 
when I was deleting um, some messages to my phone from a Tinder date that I met with, this was a few years ago, um, and he went absolutely crazy on me in the first week, and I honestly, I'm very proud of myself of how I, stand, I stood up and, you know, said all these things that he was doing was wrong, he was gaslighting me, he's being manipulative, you know, like, these are all red flags to someone who is <laughs> not going to say no for an answer, um, and that's the thing, especially with today's society, there's a lot of things now with taxing and, 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 and things like that, where it can get abusive, it can be where they're trying to coerce, like, pictures out of you, and then use it to blackmail, you have to be really careful with that, so, yeah, just look after yourself, and look after, be safe, and, yes, but I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, as I said, we are taking a little bit of a break with interviews, um, or we get back into swing of things, it's a crazy time right now in this pandemic, um, so I want to make sure that I can bring you the best interviews um, when it comes to mental health, experience of all different um, types of mental health, because it's not just depression or anxiety. There's so much more underneath that umbrella. Um, but thank you for listening.